Come on now. <laughs> this is good. So anyway, for the first two weeks of this series, um, John began by covering uh, the, the truth of the Old Testament, the Old Covenants, and then how it translates you know, into the New Covenant. And Lisa picked up where John left off and went a little bit deeper with it last week. So here in the final week, part three of the three-part series, um, I'm going to talk about how do you know it's true when you hear God's voice, okay? And um, first of all, first of all, do you really need to hear God's voice today? I mean, back in the day, they didn't have the Bible. They didn't have scriptures. They totally relied on the Holy Spirit, okay, and hearing God's voice, okay? Now, though, we've got the Bible. We've got books. We've got tapes. We've got YouTube teachings. We've got tons of ministers. You have pastors. You've got lots of people to get the word for you. So do you really need to hear the voice of God today, because you're, you're moving into this subjective realm, okay? Um, my answer, I'm going to give you two answers right off the bat. You can agree or disagree with me. So first answer is, when you hear from God, are we hearing some feedback noise? I, I, okay, only I am, okay? Uh, when you hear from God, it just, it changes you on the inside, because you learn about God but when God speaks to you directly, when you get a word or a confirmation, it does something to you in terms of your relationship. It immediately draws you closer to him. And that's something that we need today. In fact, your soul was built for communication with God. When Adam walked in the garden with God, they were communicating, okay? This is something that God wants for us. So on that respect, on the intimacy level, yes, you know, we need to hear from God. But also, there are just seasons in your life, okay, where you're going through trials, things are happening that you don't understand, that you need to hear God's voice in that situation to speak a word of clarity, a word of encouragement, a word, a word of hope, um, something to move you along. And especially, think about this, with all the different teachings and books and pastors and doctrines that are out there right now, you need something on the inside that calibrates truth, okay? And that's, that's what the, the voice of God does. Now, is not to get too mystical, okay? When you hear the voice of God, is it an audible voice? I'm going to say yes, it can be an audible voice, but you see, God speaks in many different ways. He'll speak through music and worship. He'll speak through, yes, even when somebody's preaching like me, you'll, something I'll say, maybe out of the, you know, a thousand words I may say today, five of them are directly for you, and, and God will just imprint that on you. He'll speak through books. He'll speak through uh, secular movies through through music. He'll speak to you when you're driving in your car. He'll drop a little truth into you. Some people, God speaks to them in the shower. There's all kinds of ways for God to communicate and for you to hear God's voice. But the real question is this. How do you know it's God? And how do you know that the word is for you? And how do you know that the word that you're getting is, you know, for right now? Well, um, I thought before I go into wild, exciting, just earth-shattering God stories like I try to bring every time I'm preaching. Before I did that, I thought I would give just a few little guidelines, uh, kind of map out the playing field, you know, for hearing God's voice. And uh, the first guideline um, is this, is that God's spoken word, when God's speaking to you, whatever he says, it's going to align with Scripture. He's not going to say something that's going to contradict his word. So that's, that's one boundary that's going to happen. So if you're getting a word that 
maybe God has prepared a better spouse for you somewhere else, you might want to consider what the Word says and then, you know, that, you know check it out in terms of that, you know, calibrate it according to that. Um, the second truth is this, is that, um, that God's Word to you, His spoken Word to you, is always a reflection of His character, what He's like, what His personality's like. So, if you know God, okay, then you can discern his ways and his voice. But here's the thing. This is, this is an issue. If you have a view of God that he's a taskmaster, that he's hard, that he's judgmental, that he doesn't care for you, that he's left you alone, then the voice, I guarantee you, the voice that you hear with that you know, perception of the character of God is going to be a lot different from the voice of a kind father, one who loves you, one who's given his life for you, who's laid it down, one who speaks words to you, encourages you, one who's your mentor. And there's, there's a big difference. So we have this challenge of discerning what the voice of God is. Now get this. How many of you guys talk to yourselves? Raise your hand. I can't believe how honest we are. Yeah, we all talk to ourselves. In fact, get this, there is an actual study, okay, out there called self-talk. Okay, now, you will self-talk, the average person, 500 words per minute. That's about 10 times the amount of words you can speak, although I know some women who come close to that. No, that, you know, that actually, that myth was debunked. They said, you know, do women talk more than men? There was one study that says, yes, by three times. Well, that's been debunked. It's not quite so. They still talk a little bit more than we do, just not as much. But we make more sounds, okay? Um, <laughs> sounds. Oh, yeah, there's something in the microphone still, clearly. I, I said sounds. Okay. <laughs> good. That's good. But, but of those words, of those 500 words, this is the interesting thing that I found was that um, they say that 65 to 80% of the words that you're hearing in here, okay, are negative. You, there's negative self-talk, you know, going on in you, which is why um, <laughs> Paul probably sure, you know, had this scripture. Uh, Paul said this. Um, let me pull this out to combat negative self-talk before there was even an industry. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things because it's going to be a bit of a stranger up there with the 65 to 80% of negative things that are going on. So you've got this, this thing happening up in your brain, 65 to 80% negative self-talk going on. Now, where is that coming from? Okay, Get this, there are three different sources for self-talk. Number one, okay, is God. God will speak to you. God will drop things in. And as you're thinking about Scripture, there's truth that's being revealed. God is speaking all the time. Sometimes you're not picking it up, but he's speaking. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, there's the kingdom of darkness. Now, I remember there was a... Um, uh, a skit on Saturday Night Live with Eddie Murphy, and he was in this really bad apartment, and he kept saying the same three words, kill my landlord, kill my landlord, kill my landlord. I'm sensing that that particular thought that he had that turned into a word was probably from the kingdom of darkness. But, you know, a lot of times, the kingdom of darkness, the stuff you're hearing are just lies. You know, he's, um, what's one of the words for the devil? He's the father of 
lies. Okay, he's also the accuser of the brethren, right? So there are accusations and words that you've heard that have lodged somewhere inside your soul, and they're just there because at a certain point you believe them. In fact, the enemy is really good at taking facts and failures in your life and then saying, see, you are a loser. See, you know, you are undependable. See, you're not very smart. Various things that happen, and he will actually take a fact and say, this is who you are. This is your identity. And he'll plant that seed right inside your soul. And no matter what you're doing, there's this, this chatter, this buzz, you know, inside there that's negative. And that's where some of the stuff comes from. It's coming directly, you know, from the pit. And other times, the enemy will take doctrines. Get this. This is one of, this is one of the most nefarious but brilliant strategies that the enemy has is that he will actually diminish God in your life, okay? He will diminish that God can actually speak to you. There are whole churches that believe that God doesn't heal, God doesn't speak today, God is really smaller than what we believe. So anything that you hear, okay, that makes God smaller probably is not of God. So one of the things that we need to do is we need to realize is this voice coming from the character of God? And when we get discernment on that, we know. Now, finally, and I think this is probably the, the best litmus test for a word that you're going to hear and the best boundary we have, and that is the fruit of the word, okay? Um, Jesus said that you know a tree by its fruit, right? So let's say, you know, I'm ministering, and I share a word, and when the whole word's over, you, and you were feeling bad when you were being prayed for, by the way. All of a sudden, you just feel much worse. I mean, you, all of a sudden, anxiety comes on you, fear comes on you, uh, negativity is just stirred up inside you. Well, the fruit of that is negative, right? Therefore, you can right off the bat, okay, and this is, this is really good news, just that is not from God. I do not receive that. I remember there was a time, um, you know, I got a word, and uh, somebody was praying for me and said, you know, uh, this is when we were ministering down in the, um, in the shelters. And it's like, uh, Jay, I'm just seeing this picture of you. And I'm seeing a picture, and you've, you're praying for somebody with your eyes closed. And then all of a sudden, you get stabbed right in the belly. Yeah, geez, I know. Now, the weird thing is, the weird thing is, is that I didn't really, res- I, mean, I mean, God's grace was upon me, Okay. Uh, and the person was trying to be very diplomatic about it, saying, you know, I don't know. I just, I just thought I'd share that with you. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't receive it one way or the other. I just sort of put it in the back uh, and said, okay, you know, maybe I'll keep my eyes open. But whatever, for whatever reason, God's grace was on me. But I didn't receive it. But, you know, when you get words like that, okay, from crazy Christians, okay, or even from well-meaning Christians, you just have to know, you know, where to put it. And you, you need to, to, to discern about it. But it's, it's really about the fruit. And, and when God's word comes, it's, it's really clear because all of a sudden there's hope. There's a change of state. If you're in a state of um, uh, just distress and then all of a sudden peace comes upon you, guess what? You've probably encountered the word of God. Uh, you know, if you're sad, thanks, John. You know how I love having the spotlight on me. But it's... You know, it's about the fruit. And that is, in my opinion, one of the best litmus tests you can have is what is the fruit that it delivers. And here's the thing. When somebody prays for you, even a leader, when they pray for you, you do not have to receive it because you've got something inside you, and his his name is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of revelation, and he will guide you in all truth. So, you know, we don't need to rely on 
uh, you know, leaders or pastors as the final say in things because you've got it within you, and God wants you to be able to discern that. So, with that set, I will begin with the first story of the day. And um, I don't know, myself, and there's a number of people here, we just, we love the anointing of God. We love it when the wind of God, you know, that fresh word, that revelation comes because all of a sudden things will go from here to all of a sudden here and it's got your attention and something in your spirit starts like vibrating and saying, yeah, that's, that's God. That's the voice of God. I love this. This is really cool. And we gravitate toward that. Well, uh, my daughter, JC, you know, the friend of Gerard and Nina, um, is uh, somewhat legendary, uh, you know, down in New Zealand already uh, with the various things she's doing. And I was having um, a, a Skype conversation with her recently. And, um, you know, it was going along, and it was, it was a good conversation. But if I were to track that in the spirit, it went something like this. Waka, 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 waka. And then all of a sudden she says this. She says, yo, Dad, it's like, you know, truth spoken is truth heard. Waka, 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 waka. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. She goes, I got to go. I didn't really get what she said the first time, but I knew all of a sudden my alert, my alarm bell went off. There, there's something on that. There's a revelation on that. God's in that. So um, I was telling somebody else, I said, yeah, my daughter said something really profound, but I, I, I forgot what it was. Um, but I know it was God, okay? I got I to get back with her. So I got back on Skype, uh, you know, with JC. I said, JC, you said something the other day. You know, what was it? Because, you know, in my mind, this is, all I know is that what I heard probably looked something like this. It was like, like my daughter was some urban street prophet, okay? She's like wearing a hood, maybe like that commercial with Flo when she comes out of the shadows, you know, that commercial? And all of a sudden, she just says to me, she says, yo, dad, truth spoken is truth heard, word. I mean, that's what it felt like to me. I just knew that it was profound. So I, I, I pressed her on that, and she says, well, well, why don't I just read you know, what she said. Um, this, this, is, this is pretty good, if I can find it. Okay, she said, Dad, um, I said that truth spoken is truth heard because when you hear God speak to you, it's like whoever is saying it or whoever is coming, whoever it's coming from, they just disappear. Not that they don't matter, but it's just a very intense focus on the Spirit of God speaking to your spirit on a deep level. And when that happens, you just know it. Your body knows it because some things, you know, sometimes you just start tearing up or crying. She says, sometimes I tremble. Sometimes I feel a, a real deep joy because I know God is giving me a revelation for my exact situation. And when truth is spoken, you just feel it on the inside. Well, as she starts sharing this, um, I'm like, okay, this is good. So I, I start taking notes, and it's triggering, triggering all kinds of things in me. I'm like, wow, this is great. So we're having this, this time, and I don't know if you've ever done this, where you're, you're, you're talking with one of your Christian friends or you know, God's present, but you're talking about the Lord, and it just seems like the Holy Spirit is like sharing revelation to revelation, and it just starts going around, and you're getting this. Well, this was one of those times, and I took like a three-column you know, page of notes because she had such good, uh, good stu- you know, stuff to say. And it reminded me, it's like, this is, I think this is kind of biblical. And it reminded me of uh, the Road to Emmaus story. Do you guys remember that, that story? After Jesus had died uh, uh, and gone, you know, had been crucified, he was in the grave, um, he appeared to two of his followers lo- walking along the road to Emmaus. And they didn't recognize him. He sort of hid himself. And, and this, is, this is what happened. Um, it said that Jesus, beginning 
with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. Evening, the day is almost over. So we went to stay with him. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts burning? One of the ways that you know that you're hearing truth is that there's, just, there's something in your spirit that just awakens and comes alive. Again, when truth is spoken, truth is heard, and your body responds and your spirit responds. It just, it just does. It was designed to do that. But I kept talking with JC, and um, she said something else that I thought was really profound, too. Uh, she said this. She said, you know, Dad, I think that, that, that we've, we've been trained not to trust our own ability to hear truth from God. It's like we've been conditioned to have other people tell us what is true. And because of that, part of our spirit is underdeveloped. But don't worry, God understands that we struggle with this, and it requires faith. And I've noticed that one of the ways he gets messages through to me is to have several people or situations confirm a word. And she said that she would go to one place and hear something, go to another place and hear something, and by the third time, hey, maybe God's saying this to me. You guys ever have that? Sometimes you, you get these uh, divine coincidences, and, when, and finally when you get it, you know, it's a word of encouragement or a word of strengthening. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, um, I'm thinking, well, my daughter's telling me not to worry that, that God's got this under control. I thought that was kind of funny. And then the second thing, I said that, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of theology or scripture knowledge, but, but the word says this, that, um, that God's truth is confirmed by two or more witnesses, right? So that's a very biblical process, you know, to undergo. And I thought that was, um, you know, that was good. So um, what does the Bible have to say? What does Jesus have to say about all, about all this? Well, Jesus is real clear. He says this. He says that his sheep hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. When the shepherd puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him. They know his voice. A stranger they will simply not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, how many, how many of y'all were, were around... Uh, in church, in this church, a church, um, during the renewal season, like 93 to 97. Just just quick show of hands. We had a few. One, Not very many of you. Well, let me tell you this. It was a wild time. Um, right now, you know, hearing the voice of God might not be an everyday thing for a lot of you, but we were in a very hyper-prophetic environment where God was speaking so much to so many people on so many different levels that the real challenge for pastors and for everybody was they were asking this very question, how do we know this is true? How do we know this is God? And it, it erupted into this wild, almost a crisis to some people in Christianity because God was moving and people were trying to discern, God, is that you or is this some, some funky spirit? And, um, you know, I remember our church, the, the one thing that I noticed is, well, First of all, there was a depopulating of our church. We lost about 25% of our members when God started to move because when God starts to move, you're not in control anymore. And that's okay, but guess what? People are getting healed. 
People are coming to Christ. People are having revelations. People are getting emotionally touched. I mean, it was a really powerful season. Like when we would, in fact, sometimes we wouldn't even do an altar call. People would just start coming down toward the end of the service to get prayer, and there would be three or four or five deep, and we didn't have enough people to pray, but that was okay because people would raise their hands, and God would move upon them and speak to them and, and just do amazing things. So this is what I'm observing, okay? So during that season, though, there's another camp that is saying, this is not of God. This is not true because God doesn't do things like that. Okay, and I'm hearing two different things. So how do you discern? I mean, it really, I mean, this was a question that was going throughout Christianity. So you have the hardline evangelicals, you know, saying, no, this is not of God. This is counterfeit. This is of the devil. And then you've got folks like our church and a number of other churches that are embracing it because God is moving. So I'm trying to evaluate this. And the thing that I knew, and I went, I went to my discernment technique of what is the fruit of this thing. And this is, this is what it came down to for me, is that when I was in a renewal service, when I was in that place, God was moving. People were worshiping God with full abandon, with hearts on fire. They were not just um, believing the, the great commandment of love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your mind and your strength. They were expressing it, okay? God was touching people. There was just a sense that God was so big and could do anything. I mean, that scripture says, with God, all things are possible. You would literally, and Steve and Nola, you would go into services, and you're like, man, what is going to happen today? And a lot of times, very surprising things would happen. And, and I knew that. I knew that was going, and I knew when I was there, I felt just in love with God. My spirit was being touched. And then when I heard things that God doesn't do that, God does not grow legs, God does not heal this, God does not do that, all of a sudden my viewpoint of God, from that perspective, the spirit that was coming off of there, the fruit was God's smaller, God's big enough, he doesn't do that anymore, he's changed. So my discerning said, I'm, I'm going to stay over here and love the Lord my God with all my heart, and I'm going to enjoy this even though it might not be the most, uh, let's say, popular position in the, in, in the kingdom. But, but God is good, and he does, you know, he does amazing things, and he gives us you know, the tools for us to, um, I don't know, um, work this out. Now, I'm going to share one more scripture with you that just sort of validates um, his desire for you to be able to discern um, that, that God, is, uh, God wants you to hear his voice. And... I am making a really big mess here. And my glasses. <laughs> oh. And it's in uh, John 14, 16. Uh, and Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you, and he will be in you. And then in verse 26, he says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So what, what God's saying is this, is that, that he's putting his spirit in you, or let me just pray, phrase it another way. He's putting his voice in you, okay? His voice gets deposited in you. There's a, there's a deposit. And in the same way that a tuning fork resonates and vibrates, and if it's by a stringed instrument, when that that a note is played, the stringed instrument will create a sympathetic resonance or it'll vibrate. And that's kind of the way that, that we have. We have this sensor on the inside that we have the voice of God 
okay? And when we hear it, we resonate and we vibrate. That's why, you know, truth heard, you know, truth spoken is truth heard because, you know, we resonate with that. It's just, it's just how God, God does it. And he wants us to. He wants us to be able to, uh, you know, discern, they, and, and re- discern it and resonate it. So here, here's my question to you, and I, I want to um, just open this up a little bit. Have you ever had any experiences where God has spoken to you, okay? He's spoken to you, and you just know that you know that it was God. There was fruit there. There were good things. Now, when we come to church here in the West, the whole attitude is, I am a spectator. I do not necessarily have chicken wings and a beer, but I am a spectator here. The Bible, however, says when you come to church, you come with a song, with a hymn, with an encouragement, with a spiritual song. So instead of just listening to me talk, does any, is there anybody here that has ever heard the voice of God and had it confirmed to them in some way? Steve, I want you to come up and, and share that is what I'm saying. So come on. We've, we've got to move in faith here. Come on. <clears throat> I was just really saying a bunch. So just pick one. Okay. I walked into um, uh, a vineyard in Columbia, South Carolina when I was about 17 years old. I was in the Army. I just got out of training, and I couldn't go anywhere. They let me go to church, so I said, well, I'll go to a vineyard church. And I walked in there, and I had on my BDUs, and I looked squared away and sharp. And and, um, these people didn't know me from anywhere. I walked into a prayer meeting, and they gave me some coffee, and they told me how they were thankful that I served and everything, and I said the things I was supposed to. And this lady sitting across from me looked at me, and she said, um, Hamrick, what's your first name? And I said, my name's Steve. And she goes, the Lord knows that you, um, <laughs> that you are addicted to drugs, and that, um, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she said that, I remember that. And then she said, um, and the Lord's going to take you on this journey, and you're going to end up being a leader of his people in some form or fashion. That was a pretty uncomfortable word. I was in the army. I'm sitting there, you know, and, but they were cool. And I left, I went to the bathroom and there was a guy in the bathroom that I know was not in that meeting because I went from that meeting to the bathroom. And the guy walked out and he asked me if he could pray for me. And I said, yes. And he laid his hands on me and he said, Jesus, I pray that at some point in this guy's life, you'd set him free from drugs. So there you go. Shandai. Well, <laughs> the confirmation of two witnesses method of Knowing that God is speaking to you. Okay, who else? I know there's, there's at least one other person out there. Jean. Hang on. I'm actually going through this right now, and I had a confirmation on Friday. I've felt like Job recently. And what the Lord has done is given me, he's, not, he's even detailed. He's even detailed. He's told me how I'm to respond, because I feel like I've lost everything that was important. He's told me how I'm to respond, and he's told me what's going to happen at the end. Twice I've been told I'll get a double blessing which I've been feeling like Job, the end of Job, he gets a double back. And I got the last confirmation on Friday. Somebody said that to me at a church. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. So when you, when you got this, how did, how did that make you feel, or what, what it changed? Resonated, it resonated in, in me, and that same person said, stop listening to Satan. Because what goes to my head is, oh, but what if this? What if that? Oh, that's going to happen. Oh, I know they think this. And all the negative, and I was admonished get my mind in control, because I have a choice what I think I'm right. We all do. So I, can, I'm, I was admonished to think on the things God has already told me the outcome, and I can focus on that and claim it and pray toward it. There is a work in it. There is a standing on it, and there is a prayer to see it come to accomplishment and fruition. 
but yeah, he gave it to me more than once. And I know it's true, but my body wants to crumble and go, oh no, so I'm fighting that. But it, but it has changed your state. Oh, it's given, me, it's given me confidence. It's confirmed it. I know what he's saying is true. I, I absolutely know it. It's going to happen. I'm not there yet in my walk. It hasn't happened in my life, but I know it's up ahead. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's like a forward word. And that, that's why we need to hear God's voice, because when you're in the middle of it, you need a word of hope or encouragement. Okay, one more. There's got to be one more person. Scott. I might get... Uh, when I was about 14 years old, I was asleep in my bed, and something like a movie screen went up about like this, and I could see two people. One was a friend of mine, Steve, who I had led, uh, actually was kind of discipling him, and actually, no, it wasn't Steve, it was Marie. I could see Marie, and all of a sudden, this flash of light went through this other person who I didn't know and who it was, into Marie, and then right into me, and I sat up in my bed, and I looked at the clock, and it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I went, praise the Lord, went back to bed. Well, my brother Steve, I hadn't seen him for about six weeks, and he came over the next day, and we were trying to catch up, and he kept asking me, anything out of the ordinary happened lately? And I, I said, no, I, I can't think of anything. So we talked for about two hours. And then I, I, I said, you know, the funniest thing happened to me last night. I was asleep in bed, and I described what I just described. And he gets this grin on his face. I'm like, what are, you, what are you smiling about? He goes, well, one of our close brothers uh, was kind of caught in the act of uh, adultery last night. And uh, uh, Marie uh, called me and asked me to come over because she was all broken up because she was the one who caught him. The Lord actually led her to this van that they were at and opened the door, and there they were. So she was really upset. So Steve was like, I didn't know what to do. I, don't, I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know how to pray for her. So he says, I just imagined that I just reached out in the Spirit and grabbed your hand. And he says when he said he did that, he said the power of God went through him, into her, into me. He says, I, he says he saw me sit up in my bed, look around, and fall back to sleep. And if we called Steve, he would confirm the story. Wow. Wow. You know, and that, one of the reasons that God speaks to us is he wants to let us know, okay, that he is involved in our situation. Because one of the biggest lies that will stir in the pit of your soul is that God does not care about you. He does not care about little old you. He's got bigger things to do. You know, I've talked about, uh, to, about praying with people, and I said, hey, could I pray with you over that? And they said, no, God's got more important things to do than to deal with my broken marriage or whatever happens to be going on. I can't tell you how many times that people just think that God is too busy and he doesn't care. That is a it's what the Bible calls a doctrine of demons, okay, that has been sown into them that they believe it resides in their soul and it prevents them from coming to God. But God will do things. He will awaken people even in the middle of the night. He will speak words of encouragement that go against the grain of your soul so that you can be encouraged and you can be strengthened and you can know that God is faithful even when you're not faithful and that he is in, he is fully in, and he cares about your destiny and your purpose and your call and everything that you are. Amen? Okay, Brooke, we've, we've got something going on in here. 
um, recently, uh, and this happens a lot, and I appreciate the message. There's, there's always closer. <laughs> um, I do get words all the time and, and repeat confirmation, um, but this one's very recent. Um, I've been worrying a lot, very stressed out about a couple of people that I'm very close to, um, just being on a bad path. And um, I was in church one Sunday and just felt that it was laid on my heart, the story of the prodigal son, that these people are going to come back and they're going to be led back to the right path. And the very next Sunday, that's what John's sermon was about, was that the prodigal son. So it was that confirmation that, wow, this, I, I always feel like God's confirmations are so timely because something will be laid on my heart and then it's like immediate. There's two more things that seem to pop up that confirm that for me. So. Amen. And, and this, is, this is a note to any of you who pray, who are intercessors. You're the one who are, who are standing in the gap. A lot of times people, when they're going through it, they do not have the energy to pray. But, but God has people in this church who they're just wired for intercession. They're wired to just, I'm going to put myself in the gap in the spirit, and I'm going to pray into that situation, into that sickness, into that broken marriage, into that family, that child in prison, whatever it is. And they will pray. But one of the things that the enemy does is he tries to discourage. He tries to discourage those people and say, your prayers mean nothing. Your prayers aren't doing anything. They're, it's a brass heaven above you. God does not care about that person. And God will speak prophetically to intercessors. Okay, if you are praying, you need to expect to hear from God to give you hope and encouragement and little breadcrumbs that are going to lead you and inspire you to pray more. So you just need to know that. Amen? Okay, I'm, I'm going to share one more story and then give you a couple tips and then we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll close. But a lot of times when you get a word from God, okay, it's not always a word for right now. It's a word for later. And I'm going to tell you a story. Um, one of my favorite prophetic guys is a fellow by the name of Larry Randolph. And he's from down south. He's just a fun, natural, you know, good old boy uh, speaker, but he's got rich revelation and he came into this church that he ministers to a lot, and he was um, just going around and, and giving out words, just saying, this is what the Lord says. And there was a couple that was in the front row, and he says, well, why don't you stand up? And he says, you, sir, um, this is what the Lord would say to you, that you, you love the Lord, that you are faithful, and that God loves you, and his eyes are upon you, and he is for you, and he will never turn from you, because you, you are, you are blessed of God. He gives that word. Day ends. Um, a couple weeks later, three weeks later or so, uh, he, started, he talk, calls that pastor back. They're talking. And the pastor says, well, I got to tell you something. I think you really missed it with, uh, with Larry there because um, Larry just left his wife, and he's took up to live with a young girl, and uh, their 25-year marriage is over, and he's, he's just there. So sorry, Larry. I hate to inform you, but you missed it. And Larry's like, well, I don't know whether I missed that or not, um, but oh, well. Well, here's the rest of the story. You know, you think that the word doesn't work. Well, predictably, okay, this particular relationship did not go well. After a few months, he and the young lady, uh, they went their separate ways, and he was, you know, he was cast out. He, his church community was gone. He had nowhere to go. He was um, just in a bad place. And when the word had come to him, he didn't want to hear that because he already knew what he was going to do. He was in no place to receive that word. And when he was in the state of brokenness, when he was down, when he was hurt, when he was shamed and rejected by everyone that he knew because of what he did, all of a sudden the Lord comes to him and says, you remember what I said. 
And that word came to him, that he is faithful and that he is loving and that he is blessed of God and that God is faithful to him. Because you see, God's character is this, is that he sees the end from the beginning. While you're in process, while, you're in, while we were all in our sin, God was still faithful to us, and he reached out to us, and he gives us the forward word. And when that word hit his, his spirit, it just said that, that yeah, there, God does love me, and there is a chance. And he began his turn from that place of sin, that place of rejecting God, to the place of, of just coming back. And uh, I guess about a year or so later, um, he ended up, he was able to reconcile with his wife, and he came back to the church, and he's gone from brokenness to just a man who just loves and serves God because God didn't love him because he was good and he wore the right suit and he came to church and he served and he tithed and he gave all those things. God just loved him. And that's the word that comes to you. That's the prophetic word that comes to you. He loves you and he's always faithful. Amen? So what do we do with all this? How do we, how do we grow in this? Real simple. And Adam, why don't you come on up here? We're going we're gonna to end uh, maybe a little early here for us, which is not a bad thing here on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, the thing that you need to do if you want to hear from God, the first thing that I would say is get more of God's word in you. He can't resonate in here if you don't have his word in there to resonate with. So take in the word. Be in a season where you're reading the word. And not reading the word as rules, because the Pharisees read the, the word as rules, and they were chastised by God, by Jesus, because he did not, they did not know him, they did not recognize him. But read the word as a love song to your heart, and let it just soak in there, so that when God speaks to you, it'll resonate and you'll hear it. Get to know God's character, number two. Hear stories about how good God is here in our midst, right here in this fellowship. You know, if you do those two things, just those two things, then you're, in a, you're posturing yourself for number three, which is, which is basically just practice. In the words of Alan Iverson, practice? Practice? You mean practice? Yes. You practice talking to God. And instead of thinking that it's going to go into a brass heaven and not be heard and that God doesn't care, listen back. Because you might be surprised what, what he says. Ask him some questions. Some of you journal, you know, get on your keyboards and just ask a question and say, God, what are you thinking for me right now? What do you think about me? I don't know, but it would be cool to hear from God, wouldn't it? Why don't you guys stand? We're just going to just, just sing this song and, and afterwards, um, I'll, we'll just release you. And if you have any prayer needs, any prayer needs, if you just want to hear from God, you want a blessing, you're sick, if you're in pain, if you have a situation, um, we'll have our prayer team down here to pray for you. But Adam, why don't you take us away and we'll just, in unison, we'll just uh, go. Lord, I come 